Number 11 from March of 2013, The Vending Machine God. A couple of months ago, back at Christmas time, we called the kids and the grandkids down in Florida to see how their Christmas celebration went. The four grandsons went through their wish lists with Grandma over the phone and seemed pretty fired up about the whole receiving presents deal. At one point, Caleb, age 11, said that he left off one gift from his list that he really wanted and, and that it was a certain video game. At this point, his six-year-old brother, Cooper, told him not to worry about it because he had already taken care of this. When asked how he had done this, Cooper said that he had prayed to God for Caleb to get the game so he would have it. Cooper said this with the certainty that only a six-year-old can have. He said it with the faith of a little child that Jesus always encouraged people to have. He said it without the nagging doubt that we adults have who have had to get used to disappointment over the years. He said it in full confidence that the prayer, once spoken, must be fulfilled. This declaration by Cooper certainly put his mother in a bind. If she did not go and purchase the desired video game, it might have shaken the foundations of a young child's faith. However, on the other hand, if she ran out and purchased the game, it might lead to a real disillusionment later on when every prayer is not fulfilled exactly the way Cooper wanted it to be. This kind of thinking has been called the prosperity gospel or the gospel of wealth. It is the kind of theology that either comes right out and declares or at least hints that we can get whatever we want if we pray to God and really, really believe he will deliver. It is what I call the vending machine God. Saying your prayers is like putting your quarters into a vending machine. Then you pull the plunger and presto, here come the goodies. This is a very attractive form of gospel, particularly in a culture that is so inundated with goodies of all sorts that we have to rent storage units and park our cars outside the garage because we have so many goodies. Cooper's mother called the resident theologian, that would be me, and asked what she should do. I advised her to talk to him about God as if he were a parent. Children ask their parents for things all the time and can be quite persistent about it. However, loving parents do not always say yes to all the requests. When it seems safe and helpful, like a child asking if they could please do more chores, parents say yes. But when the request is dangerous or harmful, such as wanting an automatic weapon for Christmas, the answer is no. There is another category of requests that could be helpful at some time, but now is not that time. For example, can a six-year-old drive the car? The third answer is not yet or wait. Someday in the future this will be a good idea, but not now. We are hoping to prevent Cooper from viewing God as just another entity to be manipulated, but instead as a loving father with which to be in relationship. We would like him to be able to come before God with confidence and intimacy and even be as persistent as little children can be. But we also want him to have the humility and trust to accept what God decides. The Lord is the one who can see down the road and see what we can't see. He is the one who can prevent us from wandering into situations that would harm us. So we want his perspective and his decision rather than our own. We want that for Cooper and for all the rest of God's children, including ourselves. In case you were wondering what Cooper's parents decided about the video game, they came up with this strategy. They purchased the game for Caleb but wrote on the tag that it was from Cooper. Cooper said, I knew Caleb would get it because I prayed. Hmm, maybe not quite where we would like to be, but at least he prays.